mid threes for the average mortgage size. So, you know, last year was 40, almost 47 million. So, and that was for 160 units, right? So this year, the goal is 75 to 80 million, but it's going to take 200 and some units to get there, right? So where in other provinces, you might be over 100 million with 200 units, right? So yeah, oh, for sure you would be. Yeah. But hey, man, it's still, I find the people in the smaller markets tend to be more efficient. You have to be, right? Like the markets that have the smaller mortgage size, it's like, man, you crank out a lot of mortgages and they don't even realize it. Whereas somebody in a bigger market's like, oh, I'm exhausted. You know, I've done $3 million mortgages and I'm, you know, oh. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have Cyrus Habibi. He's a mortgage broker since 2017, based out of Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's a young guy doing amazing business and volume. He was in our academy recently working with Jim Terlucas. Last year, Cyrus funded 160 mortgages with zero assistant, which is pretty phenomenal. This year, he's already funded 170. That's in seven months and is on track, probably close to 250. Again, no assistant, no help. And when you see this level of production with no help, you think, how's it even flipping possible? Well, the truth is, Cyrus, just like Jim Terlucas, they've created a loan process where they put these barriers in on the front end so that only the best, most compliant clients actually get through. And then what it does is it allows them to serve that client really well, great client experience, which then turns into more clients and the whole process repeats itself. Often what people do is they don't have a really good process on the front end and then they are chasing after clients and they're dragging them over the finish line and it's exhausting for you, it's exhausting for the client and you end up not getting the same number of referrals. And so his filter, one of the things that he does that I think really helps him fund that much mortgages is he will not do a pre-approval without all documents, including down payment and everything. So there is some people out there that think, well, no, I don't wanna ask for that right now. If they don't buy it for three months, I gotta get it again. But he knows that if he doesn't look at every single detail, there's gonna be a surprise that's gonna come up and it's gonna bite him in the butt. It's gonna create way more work on the back end. You're gonna tell a client, yes, you can do this. Oh, wait, no, you can't. I just found out about that. And so by having the mindset that if I don't get this from you, we're not working together. And I asked him too, I said, do you actually chase people? And he's like, no, I don't. I'll ask him a couple of times for the documents. And if they don't get them to me, I just say, we're not working together. And he moves on. And then you create an amazing experience because these clients are willing to work with you. And so, you know, Bernadette Laxamana always says, no docs, no talk. I think another, you know, axiom you could say is something like, if they don't comply, say goodbye. So if they're not willing to let you drive the bus. And I've said this before, when it comes to being a mortgage broker, you're the bus driver, but they get to say where they want to go. Awesome. You tell me where you want to go, Mr. Customer, but I have to drive. If you let them drive, they will crash the bus and they will blame you for it every single time. So if they don't comply, say goodbye. And I think that's great advice for anybody trying to build a mortgage business. And if you're interested in finding out about our academy, you can go to 10loansamonth.com. We got Jim Toluca, who's just one of the amazing coaches that we have. Check that out. Also, huge shout out to our sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is an application. It is a document collection and submission platform that we use at our brokerage. And it integrates with this tool called Lender Spotlight. So if you've never used it, it's kind of like a giant Wikipedia of every lender rate and policy. And it allows you to find details when you're trying to figure out which loan to work with. So it's like outsourcing a little bit of the underwriting for you, or at least figuring out where your loan should go. So check that out. Go to finmo.ca slash ILMB to check out those guys. Tell them you heard about it from the podcast. I'd appreciate that. Definitely check out this episode with Cyrus, a very inspiring guy who is just continuing to absolutely crush it. Hey, Cyrus, welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. So, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself and how'd you get into the mortgage business? Personally, I'm just a big football guy, big car guy, but the mortgage industry for me was just kind of a natural fit. My mother was in real estate for 20 years and I was always around kind of the industry and the world. So 
I never wanted to be the one to go out there and sell the houses, but I've always been a numbers guy. So it was more of just a natural fit for me, just being good with numbers and understanding the kind of the money side of it. Right. Okay. You said football. Like, who's your team in NFL or CFL? NFL, Minnesota Vikings. It's always a disappointment every year, but right. we got high hopes going into this year, but it's probably going to be let down again. So I love NFL. Although I'm trying to watch the preseason right now. It's just not exciting me at all. Like it'll get there. Okay, cool. So you got into the mortgage biz and then how long ago was that, that you decided to jump into this? Yeah, mortgage biz would have been, it was May of 2017 is when I got in. And then I didn't do my first deal, I think, until June or July of that year. So we've been about four years, four years and a couple months now. And tell me about your first year. How did it go? It was good. It was a learning curve. I was lucky because when I got in, I had a really good mentor, Jack Cameron, who's still one of the top producing brokers out here. So he took me under his wing and he was able to mentor me and really kind of help me avoid making mistakes that I would have made as a rookie. So we actually worked together and then we became business partners. So it really helped me get the training wheels off early mm-hmm. and take wheels on that I probably normally would not have as a rookie. Yeah. And him and I working together in the same office really kind of expedited the whole you know process and my learning curve for sure. And are you guys still business partners? We are. Yeah. We're just figuring out what we're going to do into the new year a little bit. And we got a team and we're trying to figure out our structure and all that. But yeah, and we're great buds and we talk every day and it's, it's just having someone in the industry and business to run stuff by yeah. where he calls me about a deal and I'll call him about a deal. And it's just getting a second set of eyes on it. So even though you've done hundreds or thousands of deals, you're just kind of, you know, every deal sometimes is a little bit different. So. different yeah. Yeah. And he's a jujitsu guy, right? Is he still doing that? Yeah. He's big into that and he's still doing it and still hurting himself at the age of uh, 50. So trying to get Good for him. Point. Yeah. I don't know if I've had him on the show. I'm going to reach out to him. So, okay, cool. Now tell me about this. So I always like quotes, you know, they're memorable, they're portable. So you had a quote that's had an impact on your life or business? Yeah, not necessarily a quote, but just more kind of like a motto. And it just has to do with ownership. And there was a book I read and it was extreme ownership, but it's something that I've taken since I got into business or even before, but you got to treat as if everything is your own fault. Anything that happens to you is not because somebody else did it, but it's your own fault. So the way that you run your business day to day, or if a problem comes up with a bank or an underwriter, you got to take a step back and say, well, how could I have avoided that? How is this my fault? And you have to basically just take ownership for it. So that's been the biggest thing for me. So not really a quote, but just. It's like a model. Yeah, a model is good. Can you think of an example of where a situation happened and you had to like remind yourself, wait a second, because it's very easy to fall into like kind of victim mindset, like, oh, how could you do this to me? This is terrible. But that doesn't help. Like you never find a solution with that thinking. You never do. And that's kind of when you look back and see everybody who's very successful and you kind of try to model yourself after them, you look and say, well, they are in control of everything that happens in their life. So any aspect of their life, they're in full control and full um, ownership of it. One situation we had before was I had a client, they were up here in Canada, they were buying a property here. They were US residents, but they were coming up in Canada to buy. And there was some miscommunication and this was a couple of years ago and they ended up flying back to North Carolina. And the problem was is they didn't realize they had to be here to sign with the lawyers in Canada. So what we had to do is I had spoken to them about it. And I know for sure I did. They didn't think that I had brought it up. I specifically went over it with them a couple of times, but uh, just kind of took ownership for it, paid for a plane ticket, brought them up here for a day and they signed with the lawyers and sent them back and footed the $2,000 bill. And basically worked for free then probably on that deal, right? Or close. It was a bigger deal. It was about on our side, a bigger deal, five, $600,000 mortgage. So it was still worth it. Even if it wasn't, even if we lost money, we'd have to do it. But I kind of learned that from Woodhouse and seeing him when I first started in the business, he would say, just cut the check, make the problem go away. Mm-hmm. The main thing we run it like a business, not like a commission check. So 
if a mistake is even $5,000 and it's going to make the client happy and make the problem go away, it's not worth your reputation to go back and say, well, I told you this, right? So yeah, fix the problem and then learn from it. So going forward, what would you do differently in that situation? I'd make sure I clearly put it out in writing. Because the one yep. thing I did in that situation is I did not put it into an email. I did not put it in writing. So it's my fault. And then people forget things and they forget we had a conversation. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't or whatever it might be. But if it's in writing, then you can't dispute it anymore, right? I told right. you, well, here's exactly what you need to do and you need to be here for closing to sign in person. So, and this was pre-COVID days too, right? So there was- Now no you could sign virtually probably like- Right, so, and it was more the lawyer signing. It wasn't our side, but just something we learned from. But again, how do we avoid it? Put it in writing that way, right. hey, here you go, right? Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So can you think of something that you failed at, but now looking back, there was a lesson in it for you? Yeah. The insurance business, probably before I got into mortgages. You were selling insurance or an insurance broker or something? An insurance broker doing life and disability insurance. And I definitely failed at it. For me, it was, I just, I didn't like it. And because I didn't like it, I just didn't put my time and effort into it like I should have. And I ended up falling flat on my face on that. So when I got into the mortgage industry, for me, it was different, but I definitely learned from that and just learned that don't do anything you don't have your heart into, right? Right. Okay. And how long did you do that for? About a year and a half. Yeah. It was a rough year and a half, for sure. But yeah, for me anyway, everybody's different. I think mortgages are easier than insurance because it's just, I don't know, you're always talking about like death and dismemberment and I don't know, it's just not my jam. No. And you have to deliver, you know, the death checks or whatever, like that was the worst. And who wants to talk about people dying all day, right? Let's put people right. in the make it a happy situation. So. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Awesome. So let me ask you this. So what's the biggest change you made your business in the last 12 months? I think it was probably for everybody's the same thing. It's electronic signings. So I could not imagine doing the amount of mortgages of volume that we do now and having to meet everybody in person to sign documents. It's just not possible. Right. So adding electronic signing, adding, you know, that aspect of the business really speeds up that whole process from start to finish. So it makes it a lot easier. That's been the biggest change for sure. Because you're in a place where you used to meet people to go do the signings. Is that right? Pre-2020, meeting everybody for everything, for the intro meetings, for the pre-approvals, to the signing meetings, to sometimes even collecting documents. Like it just, it was a five-minute signing takes an hour because, you know, you start getting sidetracked or start asking questions and stuff that's not relevant. So it's just, you couldn't imagine, you know, an hour of signing 200, 250 times a year, right? Right. Okay. So tell me about your team. So what kind of help do you have? So it's just me. There's no admin. There's no document fulfillments. There's nobody doing my signing packages. So everything I do myself, I'm pretty efficient though. I get all my documents up front on a pre-approval. So there really isn't much for me to do after I submit the deal. Uh, everything's there, done enough mortgages that we know what banks and lenders look for in terms of documents. And in a sense, I underwrite all my own files. So I have an idea exactly what documents I need, what I should look for. We do a lot with, let's say, Scotiabank. So I know, for example, that they're going to need this document when, let's say, First National might need this document. So we prepare the documents based on the lender and bank it's going to. And that's all kind of done in the pre-approval stages. And then the signing package, it takes me five minutes to kind of one up. So it's not too crazy on that side of it, but definitely down the road might have to implement something in terms of help, back-end help. What kind of help, yeah. And you said that you and Jack are partners or something. So how does that work if you guys are... Are you just like partners under the same brand and you do your own business other than shared intellectual, you know, how does that work? I'm curious. Yeah. So we're basically completely separate. So he has his business. I have my own. He's got his own fulfillment person and everything that we're going to kind of look to adopt over. That's basically just the structure there. So I have my own business, my own volume. He does the same thing. We have some shared business here and there, shared referral partners or whatever that we might do that sometimes I might take the deal or he might take the deal, but 
terms of volume and structure and, and okay like, i mean there's so many different ways to structure partnerships in the mortgage industry so it's not like you're yeah there's a hundred ways to do it so that's interesting okay and then in terms of like last year if you don't mind me asking this so like how many units did you do last year and how's it going this year so far so units last year was 164 i think it was yeah we're so far year to date i've surpassed i think about 170 180 units closed so looking to crack at least two to 250 we still got a busy three four months ahead of us so i'm hoping that's a pretty strong end to the year but our volume here is obviously considerably lower than your mortgage size is smaller because you're out east yeah so we're somewhere in the mid threes for the average mortgage size so you know last year was 40 almost 47 million so and that was for 160 units right so this year the goal is 75 to 80 million but it's going to take 200 and some units to get there right so where in other provinces you might be over 100 million with 200 units right so yeah oh, for sure you would be yeah but hey man it's still i find the people in the smaller markets tend to be more efficient you have to be right like the markets that have the smaller mortgage size it's like man you crank out a lot of mortgages and they don't even realize it whereas somebody in the bigger markets like oh i'm exhausted you know i've done three yeah. million dollar mortgages and i'm you know oh, it's different i don't know i'm kind of joking here but okay so and then, so that's how your team structure in terms of process. So tell me about that. So like you said, you get all docs up front. Do you get any pushback on that? People give you any like issues and what if they don't get you the stuff? Do you track them down or what do you do if somebody's like, yeah, yeah I'll get that to you. Or do you just like let them decide how fast it goes? I'm a pretty hard ass when it comes to my documents. I want them all up front. And if anybody doesn't want to provide me with documents up front, I'll just start working with them. It's one of those things where I want down payment, I want income, I want everything up front that I'm 100% comfortable. Because when I tell someone they're pre-approved or I give a realtor, you know, I say, hey, the client's pre-approved, that's my name behind that file. So I don't want any kind of issues. I don't want anything slow in my process. No surprises. No surprises. And, you know, I don't want to get a job letter down the road and the job letter says that you're a contract. We want everything up front. We've seen enough stuff that's gone sideways from not getting certain documents. It's one of those things now where if someone pushes back on it, I just explain why I need it. They're still not willing to give it. I just stop working with them. If there's something where I have to start chasing somebody for documents, I kind of give them a couple of times and I say, hey, if you don't get the document to me by this date, I'm going to have to cancel the file. We're going to move on. Right. So right. you can't be chasing people too long for too many things. It's just it takes way too much of your time. Right. right. Part of the reason you have such efficient, so many units is because if you had to chase every client and drag them over the finish line, it's exhausting and they're not really committed to working with you. So where does your business come from? Like, so how are people finding out about you or how are you getting all this business? Yeah, my business is just, it's a hundred percent referrals. So I don't pay for advertising. I don't pay for any kind of marketing or any of that. So I'm a hundred percent referrals and it's pretty much split between realtors and existing clients and friends and whatever it might be. So for me, I feel like every year the realtor side of it stays about the same. So I'll get roughly the same amount of deals, a little bit more, but that side of the business doesn't grow too, too quickly. It feels like the other side of it, where it's the existing clients and the past clients, that side of it really tends to grow. So that's why my business is hundred percent focused on customer service. So for me, it's client relationship, client service. I feel like if you do a good enough job, they'll come back. I got to put more stuff into place to touch base with my clients. I was about to ask, what do you do? Do you market to your database or? I don't. And that was a big thing kind of with the training with Jim was just to kind of figure out how to get back in touch with the client base. I know all our clients are saved in my phone. I have contact cards, the whole nine yards. So if a client calls me from two years ago, I can pull up the file and know exactly what we did for them. So it's one of those situations where I'm not actively marketing to my database, which I should be. I'm sure there's probably deals left on the table, 
but it's 100% referrals. But there's only so much time in a day. So tell me about the contact card. So do you actually have like details other than their name and on that contact card so you know about their mortgage or what do you have on there? I got a pretty good memory. So I have them all saved in my phone and I don't have anything special, just their name and sometimes who they're referred by. And that triggers in my head. I pretty much know exactly what happened with the deal. And then I have everything stored on Google Drive. So I just go on there in two seconds. Look it up. Yeah. I know exactly what happened with the deal. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a good memory, you're an advantage. Okay. So awesome. So you're in Jim's cohort. So what was sort of your biggest takeaway from, you know, spending some time with Jim, the legend, Ter Lucas? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's crazy to think because, I mean, he's top in the country. So when you look at a guy who does that much volume, it's more just being able to have a conversation with him one-on-one or within a couple groups of people just to see how he does his day-to-day. How does he do his process? How does he track his deals? And what I think I found with a lot of kind of the top producers is there's nothing fancy in place. It's all just stuff that's tried and true. It works well. For Jim, the biggest takeaways were just talking about how he approaches himself or positions himself with his clients, how he kind of squashes the rate conversations right off the top. And just this process, how he tracks his deals, how he reaches out to his database was a big one too. And how he kind of uh, pulls a lot of business because he's not heavy on the realtor side of things. A lot of his business is his existing data. So just looking to see how does he leverage that existing database of thousands and thousands of clients for him just to kind of rework that over and over again to just have a well-oiled machine of business coming in. So it was really interesting to see. And Jim's a great guy. He's always willing to help one-on-one. And he definitely knows his lender products, right? He knows his banks. And that was the most impressive thing was that you could rattle off any bank and lender and he'll tell you exactly the pros and cons to stuff that you would not even think to uh, highlight. Highlight. I mean, he's been in business for a long time. So just being able to kind of see that level of product know-how from banks that we don't have access to, right? Yeah. Yeah. He knows his competitors better than they know themselves. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Now you can answer with shorter answers. So what's one thing people can't find out about you from Google? My age. I don't put put that that anywhere. I'll put that anywhere. If people ask me, they ask me, but that's a younger guy, right? So sometimes you get people, you don't want to tell everybody how many mortgages you do or how much experience you have, but sometimes right away, if they find out how old you are, they might be like, ah, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Okay. What's one movie everybody should watch at least once? It's a good one. I really love the movie Casino with Robert De Niro. So that's one of my favorites. So I got to watch that again. I haven't seen it in a while. What's one software program or digital tool you can't run your business without? Sign now. Sign now. Now that you're using that, right? Sign now, in my opinion, is easier than .loop, DocuSign. It's just clean. It works well. It works with Scotiabank's authentications. It's perfect. Right. What's a book you recommend for our listeners? There's really two. So I really love the David Goggins book, his story, and really just he puts into perspective how early your body gives up but how far your mind can go. His story, in my opinion, is truly incredible. So just that book. The other one, too, it's a bit of a cliche book, I think, now, but the 10X book by Grant Cardone. So yeah. real mindset of abundance and not so much of scarcity. So not, oh, there's not enough business, but there's so much business out there. How do I get my hands on it? Right. So right. sometimes people get in that scarcity mindset where they think, oh, there's not enough business. There's too much competition. There's a ton of business. There's a ton of money out there. Right. Yeah. It's interesting how if you have the psychology of abundance, you feel excited about going out. If you have the abundance of scarcity, it actually creates like a, the place you come from is totally different. And that's the thing. I mean, I haven't actively looked for business in three and a half years or three right. years. So when you work in that mindset of there's abundance and you just do a good job, the business just keeps flowing. Right. So, which is why you're willing to walk away from somebody that you have to chase for documents because you're like, there'll be somebody else. If you did not have an abundance mindset, you would chase that person down and make yourself crazy and you'd actually slow down and you'd get less. It's funny how you'd cycle into this. You'd actually do less business. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
and you have more stress. It's crazy. Okay. So let's say you're in an elevator, you got that ideal client in there. And what would your pitch be? Question that clients ask all the time. Well, why do we work with a mortgage broker? The main thing we always tell our clients or I tell my clients is, Hey, we have so many different options and choices. We can sit back and look at everything with kind of an unbiased opinion. And based on the amount of mortgages and products and applications we've seen, we place our clients based on not only the best mortgage rates, but we try to find them the best mortgage products specific to their needs because the lowest rate does not equal the lowest cost. So when you have us on your team, you have someone that's gonna be there in five years, 10 years, 15 years, and not someone who's going to like a bank. If you go in there and then you deal with someone now, two months from now, they're no longer there, right? And communication is another big one that I try to throw out there with clients is that I'm pretty connected. So if you need me on a weekend and evening, if I have my phone on me, I always answer. So sometimes people are not just a nine to five and it's tough to kind of lock it in, but that's really it. I don't have really kind of a memorized. Yeah, no, that's good. It's just you, man. That works. Okay. So let me ask you this. If I put you in the DeLorean, you know, from back to the future, the car, send you back your first day as a mortgage broker and you could give yourself three pieces of advice. What would you say? The big one was definitely get a better, not a fancy CRM, but make sure you, you actively and religiously update your client database just so that everything's kind of up to date and there's no data mismatch. Another thing would be just to utilize Excel more on file organizing, active files. So just make sure everything's kind of laid out properly and you have an idea. Cause right now I'm kind of old school with it. I still do use Excel, but back then I could have saved myself a lot of time and effort. And the other thing too, back then is still definitely mess around with documents a lot in my first couple of years there. And I would go back and say, just be relentless on the documents. Tell people why you need it. And if they don't want to give it to you, they're not serious. So yeah. get everything. It's better. It's more level of commitment from them if they give you everything. So for me, it's go back and just make sure you're not letting people waste too much of your time. Right. And that makes you more efficient and you provide a better experience, which then attracts more clients. It's all combined, right? But if you don't create a good experience because you drag it all out or you promise stuff you can't deliver on because you haven't seen the documents, then you look like an idiot. There's nothing good about not having the documents before you try to, to underwrite a file. It makes no sense. Where can people find you online? Uh, <laughs> Instagram, I guess, is really the only thing. You have a uh, website? I got one of these websites that we have through our mortgage center or premier mortgage that we have kind of set up, but I haven't customized, tailored it. Some stuff we're going to put together for the new year to kind of have some of that streamlined, but um, Instagram, you could find the website, Facebook. That's pretty Yeah, when you're referral-based, none of that stuff really matters a whole lot, right? Like, No, there's Google too. Like I do have the Google reviews, but I don't ask for them. So there's, I think, 30 or 40 Google reviews there, but there's just not a whole lot there. Right. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, good to connect with you. And I'm glad you know, you're crushing it. And if you get to 250 loans by yourself, that's kind of like what Jim and his, you know, he does maybe 300. I don't know, but that's getting into Toluca's territory with no help and, you know, 300 loans. Well, that's, so. that's what everybody says too. And that's the biggest thing. It's everybody's like, oh, you're going to burn yourself out. You're doing too many stuff by yourself. And then you look at a guy like Jim, he's crushing 250 to 300 loans by himself technically. And then he's got his team. So and I don't think it's too much business. If you're streamlined properly, I think it's fine. It's just, if you want to keep growing past that, you have to. Yeah, so it's pretty crazy what's possible. That's awesome. Well, hey man, great to connect. People can find you on Instagram. Take care, yeah. brother. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.